I'm pushing it. Did it. Push it. Awesome. Push it, Push it real good. I don't even want to interrupt the song for an intro, but I guess I should. Oh, baby, baby. <laughs> the most on beat we've ever been you think so i really feel like it's a lag that because we all have incredible rhythm yeah. so it's obviously not us yeah obviously not <laughs> hey everyone hey everyone welcome <laughs> to everything trying to kill you the hilarious podcast that apparently does salt and pepper impressions as well as analyzes everything wrong with horror films and why we still love them anyway i'm megan i'm mary Kay. i'm mary and today, we are getting you in the wintry holiday spirit by talking about Thomas Alfredson's 2008 Swedish horror romance film, Let the Right One In, which I had never seen before this, which... Shame. I'm ashamed to say. Ding. Yeah. Ding. Shame. Did you just <laughs> naked walk of shame me? I did. That's the real walk of shame. <laughs> Leaving a dude's house because you got laid? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh-uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You should be strutting. Walking naked to the streets of King's Landing because you have committed incest, murder, and a host of other crimes while people throw dung at you, that is a walk of shame. That is a walk of shame. The rest of this shit, the rest of the walk of shame, like where you're leaving a person's house the next fair, morning, fair. we've rebranded that stride of pride. Are we all in agreement? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. The real walk of shame is like the incest walk, I think. What if the person whose house you're leaving is your brother's? Oh, that's even more shameful. That is walk of shame. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, now that that's out of the way, let's talk about vampires and adolescence. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was trying for two days to redo this icebreaker, and I kept trying to come up with variations on being a child and being a vampire, and I have... Nothing witty. Let's do the one we got. All right. We briefly touched on this, I think, a little bit in our interview with the vampire episode. If you haven't listened to that, you should go listen to it because it's pretty great and Emily is incredible. Hey, Emily. Yeah, we talked about a lot of cool stuff on that one. We love Emily. So, icebreaker of the day is if you had to pick an age to be stuck as forever as a vampire, what age would you pick and why? Because obviously none of us is going to fucking pick 12 years old. Fucking nuh-uh. <laughs> 12 was my worst aesthetic period. Absolutely not. No, 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 not 12. Yeah, no. I remember that we talked about this because the question immediately became, would I have all the wisdom I have now? Like, would I continue to age psychologically? I think we're just going for mentality and body, right? Yeah. You don't have the knowledge you have now. You are just forever that age. I would like to be 25, Forever, because I feel like I was in really good shape and I had a lot more hope mm-hmm. than I do right now. <laughs> um, and I was also like, I had a little bit of success. And when I get like a little bit of success, I can just like, I'm a fucking camel when it comes to that kind of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I picked 25, 23, fuck 23. Okay. Yeah. Like if you're 23 yeah. years old, it gets better. Okay want everybody to know yeah i had a range which mine was like 20 my 24 to 26 so it was Mm. pretty much the same but i feel like i was starting to settle into my career i just finished my master's degree but i was still fun i wasn't like 9 30 on a tuesday already yeah i could still stay up till three and get up at nine and be fine (laughs) yeah yeah 
my body was still pretty banging. My hair was super long. I didn't have like to worry about if I moisturized or took my makeup off before bed as much as I do now. Now I'm just like, oh my gosh, did I take off my single swipe of mascara? <laughs> I don't know. It's so true. What about you, Mary? Okay, so I'm a little torn. On the one hand, I think there was a point when I was like 26 where that was when, remember when I was vegan? Yeah. And I was like itty bitty, but looked not bad itty, like I just looked good for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that seems appealing because I was also old enough that I was like not a monster who had exclusively unhealthy relationships with every single person. <laughs> right, 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 um, right. But I still had those tits and they were certainly more cooperative at that point. <laughs> Still had those more, I kind of want to be a vampire like six months from now. Yeah, same actually. Now that I'm like getting back into like taking care of myself, 25 or 32. Yeah. Something like that. No, yeah, because I think now that you know, my life is settling down again and I'm back on my like self-care regimen and can continue. Now it's easier you to own a gold bikini. I do. You know, I did not realize how much they prevented me from running. Until the first time after I got my movement clearance and could do everything I wanted to do again, I had to run for the bus. And I was wearing a perfectly normal bra. And just instinctively, you know, the bus was kind of like, oh shit, I took off. And I was like, that's got to be the longest I've sprinted. Like since I was in mental health and had to like (laughs) chase actual children. Yeah. Oh, for our new listeners, Mary recently had a breast reduction and it changed her life. And that's why we're talking about this. For our old listeners, you just jump right back in in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I did not realize how inactive they made me. Even when I'd lost all that weight, when Mary Kay saw me for the first time after the surgery, she was like, you're way lighter on your feet. Like you jump a lot and you skip places and you like, you move all the time. <laughs> you frolic. I frolic like a motherfucker. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> So I feel like six months from now, when I can exercise that much better and frolic that much more readily, I'll be looking even better. I like how you chose what you want to be stuck as as a vampire forever based on your boobs and frolicking ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boobs are not forever, you guys. Priorities. <laughs> yeah. Boobs, frolicking, and my aspirational body. <laughs> <laughs> the moral of this icebreaker is none of us picked 12. Yeah, the moral of the story is there's a 12-year-old vampire, and fuck, I don't want to be 12 forever. Fucking, I didn't want to be 12 while I was 12. No. 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 I was cute at 12. 12 was, like, the only year of adolescence that was fun for me. Seventh grade? Seventh grade was fun. Everything else was terrible. I spent half of seventh grade in a wheelchair because I broke my femur in half. Damn, I didn't know that. Why did you do that? (laughs) Most of my right leg is metal. I have some pretty dope x-rays with metal rods and plates and pins in there if you'd ever like to see them i didn't see them framed at your house i should frame them i mean that's what i need to do yeah i have a bracelet that i have to take with me to the airport that's like hey you can scan this qr code and i don't have a bomb i just have a broken leg i need one of those too i don't even have a broken leg i just feel like that always get hassled at the airport (laughs) really it's just Hartsfield Jackson like I flew out of Portland I gave myself two hours and I was through security in eight minutes and someone told me I look like Apollonia from Purple Rain so Portland's airport has it going yeah has it going on what a great experience um I have to tell you something that if you didn't already know um our listeners are going to enjoy this too I'm ready so our guest in our last episode for the witch was my boyfriend Charles and he came to meet my mom for the first yes. time this past weekend for Thanksgiving oh, yeah. for this past week. Did she like him? Oh, yeah. I mean, 
He's a likable guy. It was a great experience. Everything was fine. But um, she had pulled out a bunch of recordings of me when I was a kid because he asked her to beforehand. That I know. Okay, you do know. Oh, yeah. Charles was sending me pictures and videos. He found a recording (laughs) of me and Megan in a high school production of Annie. And he was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. He got so excited. He was more excited about that than like anything else. He was like, oh, I'm going to give her so much shit for this. And I was like, why? He's like, because it's fun. I was like, okay. (laughs) Who did you play in Annie? Well, we were old orphans in the opening credits, which is weird. Yeah. Uh And a maid. And I was typecast as the Poondrop character, but female. A role, by the way, that I did not audition for. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. But anyway, I mean, it was fun. It was fine. And I looked hot as fuck in those videos. And I thought I was fat at the time. And I was like, damn, bitch, you didn't even know how good you looked at the time. I know. Even on that shitty quality video. I remember thinking I was fat then. And I was like, girl, you was not fat. You were fine. Yeah. Now you kind of fat. Talking to myself, not Mary Kay. I just want Mary Kay's ass. Side note. Oh, yeah. That would be fantastic. Means a lot to me. I've been doing a lot of Pilates, and by a lot, I mean almost every fucking day. It's working well for you. Thank you. Can one of our icebreakers one day be like, what would your, like, exquisite corpse perfect body be? Yes. Can we close with that? That's like our Frankenstein closer. I love it. Okay. Okay. I think it's either really funny if it's all celebrities or if it's all people you personally know so they could listen to this shit and find out that you've been like... It's bits and pieces of each of us three. Oh, God. Oh, man. That's fun. Also, that's less fun because, like, us sharing amongst ourselves is like, there's, there's a lot of overlap. Like, Yeah, we all have the same right things. I will take your black curly hair instead of my black curly hair. Exactly. I want Megan's eyebrows. Girl. I've worked hard on these. That's the best compliment you could ever give me. For sure. Mary has the best lips. I'm taking Mary's custom boobs. Fuck that. Oh, yeah. My cyborg tits. Cyborg tits. <laughs> you want that one wonky nipple I gotta fix? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the one that's, like, oh trying God. to escape my body? We've derailed. Speaking of things being at weird <laughs> angles, this movie had incredible cinematography. Wow. I especially love the camera angles. Wow. Flawless segment. <laughs> I love it. I love how when one of us actually nails the segue, we then immediately derail again by being like, damn, good segue. (laughs) I am the Beyonce of segues. I am Beyonce always. Always. (laughs) But no, really, the cinematography of this movie was super beautiful. I think that's what I enjoyed the most. I had to watch the movie a second time, and I didn't know if it was because... I just needed to digest things because like it was subtitled and maybe I just needed to like think about it and then come back and watch it. But I think it's because I spent half the time not reading the subtitles and just being like, wow, yeah, this is a really pretty shot. Wow. I like the colors in this. And I went back and I was like, girl, you missed half of this damn movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say it was beautiful, but it was definitely like you could tell it was storyboarded. I think. Yeah. Is it like this is the shot? This is what's in the frame. It was stunning. I didn't notice the angles especially, but I think one of the things that horror movies are known for is the deep focus where you can see like in the foreground and then something moves in the background and it's like, oh shit, that's what I was supposed to be looking at the whole time. Yeah. But this movie does that a couple of times, like when the nurse comes out of the hospital to look for Ellie and then you see her like, or him climbing straight up the fucking wall. Yes. It was horrifying. Yeah. It was so cool. For me, I kept coming back to the word composition, like the the composition of each frame 
composition was always a little unexpected. Everything yeah. was well balanced. But from a storytelling perspective, beautiful. Uh, we did this mm-hmm. fantastic exercise in my design class, like freshman year, that has stuck with me forever. It's the three chairs exercise. My teacher said you can use three chairs and the bodies in the room. That's it to tell a story. You can arrange them in three tableaus. Mm-hmm. Um, we can close our eyes in between each if you wish so that we will only see the images you have crafted. You can use any of the bodies in the room. You can use any of the chairs in the room. But you have to use them to tell a story, either either three separate stories or one story that evolves across the tableaus. That sounds really fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so one of my three images, I remember, I lined the three chairs up in the middle of the room facing the wall and then lined everybody else up against the wall, put their back to the wall facing the chairs. Like a fucking firing squad. Yeah, like I feel very uncomfortable. I feel very judged. And it's crazy that you, the chairs aren't doing shit. They're chairs. Right. They don't have to be acting. It was all about how the arrangement of an image, what kind of like cultural bias, what kind of mythology we are bringing to the arrangement of an image, the arrangement of objects in space and how readily we create story for ourselves in the space between people and objects. And that's something that I just kept thinking about as I watched this. So I hadn't seen this in almost 10 years and watching it again. Now I just kept thinking about, wow. Yeah, that's a really cool thing. Now that you said that, a couple of things are coming back to mind about like composition. That, by the way, if you guys hear water at any time, it's just us drinking wine. We're just drinking. Pour one out for yourself and enjoy. <laughs> I with us. am peeing. <laughs> I'm peeing alcohol. Oh, so, and as we all know, I only pee after sex. You know, guys shit talk a lot. That's my mm-hmm. shit talk. It's like you know, you're told from like a very young age, like. If you have sex, you have to go pee right afterward. Otherwise, you'll get an infection. So my joke is I only pee after sex. Anyway, that's a straight up lie. But I had to explain the joke. So it wasn't that good. (laughs) Isn't that what Charles always rolls you about? Yeah. (laughs) Shout out to you, Charles. What's the movie or show where someone talks about like having cigarettes postcoitally, but they're always (laughs) postcoital? Do you remember? That's probably like Austin Powers or something. No, it's something I've seen many times. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Listeners, if you know, tell us. And you'll get a sticker. I'll give you a gold star. Oh, but anyway, so a couple of the images from the movie that, well, I mean, one of them, like, the most relevant one is when Ellie comes and stays with Oscar and uh, puts their arm over him. Yeah. It's very jarring, like, in a protective way, but also, like, in a possessive way that's uncomfortable. And then one of the other images that stood out to me is... Yaka's friend that comes to look for him in Ellie's apartment that Ellie murders. Yeah. But Ellie says, Oscar, get out. And then we have a follow shot where we watch him leave, but the door is still in the frame. Yeah. And his hand comes out and it's all bloody and he tries to like grab onto the door frame and then slips. And then we just hear it. We don't even see anything. Yeah. Yeah. The violent scenes in the movie were some of my favorite. I think they were done well. Ooh, the scene under the bridge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the, I feel like one of the most compelling scenes as well. When she's like pretending to need help and she says, help me, help me. And he's like, oh, you're so light. You don't weigh anything. And then she attacks him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, what are Ellie's pronouns? I've been slipping back and forth between them. Oh, um, they're not totally clear in the movie. They've left it open-ended. They actually replaced that actress's voice. I know. It's dubbed with an adult's voice. uh To give it a more androgynous quality. Because they felt that her voice was really, like, notably feminine. 
And then there's right. that shot that you can kind of see that her genitalia is scarred up. And she's missing yeah, parts. the implication being that she was castrated at the same time she was made vampire. Yes. Yeah. And that's what happens in the book. I was going to say, from my research, that was actually discussed at some sort of length in the book. Well, Megan, you would love it. It's very disturbing. It's one of the most fucked up books that I've ever read. You would love it. Well, I will be reading it immediately. Well, I have it if you want to borrow it. I need to give you a candle anyway. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Fucking finally. I do feel like it's left open to interpretation. I, 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 don't, I don't even remember. Do they use pronouns for her in the movie? I'm not oh, a right. girl. I am not a girl. But she's also a vampire, so I could easily assume that's what she's referring to. And also not a human, so... Yeah. Yeah. Gender is probably not, like, the most important <laughs> aspect to Ellie. The connotation being... You're asking a much more specific question than you think you are, and I can't answer it the way you want. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to know, like, how I should say it for the rest of the podcast. (laughs) I think that most of the literature around it calls her her. Yeah. And it's like a reveal towards the very end of the book, too, that we figure out that happened. Oh, that Ely wouldn't necessarily describe herself as she or would use a different pronoun. Right. But anyway, I just needed to step out and be like, before I embarrass myself, (laughs) like, (laughs) am I doing everything wrong? Um, and I, I think, I think maybe like you're saying, it's like a really specific question that is not super relevant to this particular character from that character's perspective, only from ours, because it adds an extra layer of like uncommonness. Yeah. You know, it makes sense. I mean, part of the thing about androgyny, right, is like people are put on edge because they can't compartmentalize very easily. Right. Which is not a thing that you need to be able to do anyway. It just makes people more aware of it, which is not bad or wrong, just uncommon. Right? Right. Yeah. But I think that it's a purposeful thing. Also, this came out 10, 12 years ago, and the societal awareness of gender norms or non-norms, it was a very different time then than it is now, if that makes sense. Like, I've taught this in my like freshman classes before, and they have, like, no problem using gender-neutral pronouns. Like, that's a hard thing for me to do grammatically, not because I don't want to or I'm not trying. It's just like, this is a whole new generation from this movie. My senior English class in high school Mm -hmm. and the debacle that I'm sure most of the other senior boys would have made over being asked to use gender neutral pronouns. Yeah. And then looking at it through a completely different lens in 2018, it's not... I don't want to use the word taboo because it wasn't necessarily taboo then, but it's definitely a much more open and accepted thing in 2018 than it was 2008. Yeah, and more people are aware of it now. Yeah. Well, I think that brings us to the next point on our outline. I know we haven't fully discussed setting, but I think we're going to keep circling back to that, Yeah. which is what makes this different from other love stories? Oh my God, so much. Yeah, that subversion of heteronormative puppy love. In that it is neither heteronormative nor puppy. She is maybe ancient. Right. Probably ancient. And the power dynamics that creates. You know, who has the, the agency, who has the power to take care of themselves is a major question. In, mm-hmm. Yeah, so on the one hand, Ely has power in that she is ancient and she is so physically powerful. And yet by falling outside of a heteronormative romantic structure, she's making herself really vulnerable. And, and then we have mm-hmm. Oscar in the exact opposite situation where he's really young, he's really naive. It would be terribly easy to take advantage of him, but all he has to do to get Eli staked to death is out her. Yeah. 
I'm glad that you talked about the love story of Oscar and Ely because I went straight with Hakan. Like, to me, he is the most interesting character. And so all of the FUBAR pretty much got cut in the adaptation, which is why I think, Megan, you really need to read the book because Ely seduced Hakan as a young boy because Hakan is a pedophile and totally at Ellie's mercy. That's why he goes and murders a whole bunch of young boys for her, for him. Uh, I think in the book, uh, Elia is also more androgynous than in the movie because Hakan specifically likes young boys. And so it's really interesting because, I mean, of course, everyone, when they hear that is like, he's a monster, he's a predator, talking about Hakan, and it's really not that way in this case because Elia is abusing him. And yet also he's a monster. So... I'm kind of okay with it. So how is this movie different than other love story? That's a big way. <laughs> like That's a big difference to me. Well, that's true. I didn't immediately even think about their relationship when I first posed that question. I was definitely, my mind went straight to Ely and Oscar. But now... Well, yeah, because that whole relationship is written out of the movie, pretty much. You, like, you don't... is a father figure situation. Yeah, and watching the movie, it was like, wow, this is such a dark, intense, terrible, sweet kind of situation. And then in hindsight, realizing, wait, she's been around a long time. That's clearly not her dad. Yeah. How did we get to this place? Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Was that given in any more detail in the book? A ton. Yes. Because I did find myself wanting to know, like, how did these two hook up? Why is he doing this for her? Why does she do this to him? I believe there is a meet cute and she blackmails him on a bus. Well, shit. I know. I think that's how it happens. I read it like last summer, so I, some of it's a little bit fuzzy for me. But I do remember reading the book and being like, oh, shit, this makes the movie not as fun for me. Yeah. And I loved the movie before I read the book, which is why I always watch the movie before I read the book. Because the book is always more intense. And I get disappointed. Otherwise, I can't enjoy the movie. Which is why I'm liking these new Harry Potter movies better than the first set of Harry Potter movies. You can't be disappointed. Yeah, because I have no expectations. (laughs) I just want, like, a goblin in a speakeasy. And if you have that, I'm happy with it. You know, I'm sold. That's all girls really want. <laughs> Hell yeah. Listen up. The witch. It's not butter and axes and pretty dresses. It's goblins and speakies. I mean, also axes. Well, I think even in the earlier movies, the, the quality really took off once they became interpretations of the books as opposed yes. to a direct representation of the books. First movie in a series, always going to be a clunker. There is so much world building to do. Yeah. For the first one, look almost exactly the way I imagined, at least the, the place, not the people. Sure. Right. But then I saw Prisoner of Azkaban and I was like, oh, damn, this is much more interesting to watch. Yeah. And Gary Oldman is more interesting to watch. You're damn straight he is. Sorry. (laughs) I love him. Old men with laryngitis again. Look, that's our niche. That is my niche and I'm fine with it because I don't have a whole lot of competition in that niche. You're right. It's working for you so far. I'm happy about it. Two people who look exactly like you. Yeah, but old man with laryngitis isn't my niche, so she doesn't really have me for competition. Oh, so it's just me and her. I guess. Y'all gotta duke it out. A death match. Yeah, but I'm already, like, paired off, so. That's true. Okay, that scene in the bed. Where he asked her to go steady? Right. Where he's like, you're not wearing anything, but he doesn't ask her to turn around? Yeah. I was like, oh, I forgot that when you're 12, that would be terrifying. That would be scary. Yeah, it would. Yeah, like, she's not 12, so that's whatever, but... He's 12. They haven't even, like, smooched nothing. 
And she's like naked up in his bed. Of course he doesn't turn around immediately to be like, girl, I gotta see a boob. He's scared to do it. Yeah. Not even scared to be with her in that moment because he's not gonna try anything. It's just too much. Also, one adaptation that kind of pissed me off from the book. I mean, I understand like it's an interpretation of the book and I get that. Sure. But in the book, Oscar is supposed to be fat. And I feel like that makes that setting much more self-conscious for him. Like, in the book, that happens, right? I mean, well, that, and then also, Oscar is not likable in the book. He is a serial killer in the making in the book. That implication is here for me upon rewatching. I remember the first time I watched it being mostly just charmed by their little love affair. But this time, I really picked up on the, you're like me. They're both killers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if you could do what I do. You would do it. You would absolutely mm-hmm. do it. And then at the beginning, that first scene with the squeal, I got pity. I was like, oh my God, why did this not affect me this way last time? <laughs> Jesus. That's also from Deliverance, that line. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was like, oh shit. I know, I didn't pick up on that the first time I saw this movie did either. watch Deliverance in Sweden? I think Deliverance was like a hit everywhere. Yeah, I think everywhere watched Deliverance. Burt Reynolds was wearing leather in the sun. I can understand how that would happen. Burt Reynolds was in it, so. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously the whole world needed to see it. Right, right. Right, well, since we talked a little bit about how this movie is different than other love stories, what makes this different than other vampire stories? Specifically, all the traditional, like, vampire imagery that we are used to getting in vampire movies, like fangs and garlic and like the religious crosses and all that, they're not in here. But I personally didn't feel like I needed them for this point to get across. It was a very secular vampirism. It is, yeah. I was actually looking for the term. (laughs) I was like, what is it when it's not religious? That's why I didn't say it yet. um... Yeah, there's so little ritual because there's so little need for protection. Also... This is the real world. No one would believe in vampires. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. And then there's also the only thing that stands from the mythology of vampires is she has to be invited in and no sunlight. Yeah, she has the cardboards in the windows and he asks her, you know, like, what happens if I don't invite you in? Oh, shit. That was horrific, too. Yeah. And then she's like, watch this. And then blood just pours from every orifice. God. Her scalp. That was the part that got me. When it came out of her shoulder, I thought of a black swan with the feathers sprouting. Oh, yeah. That was, I think, my favorite scene of the movie. It was horrible and incredible at the same time. On the same vein, vampires, uh, a storyline that affected me this time that I didn't even remember from my earlier viewing was the girlfriend being turned. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm not saying the girlfriend because I don't remember the disposable woman's name. I'm saying it because I don't remember anyone's name. Right. Right. <laughs> IMDb up so I can correct myself as I go, basically. I think it starts with a C. I think if I could remember it, I still wouldn't be able to pronounce it. I think her name is Yvonne. Is that right? I don't know. I have no idea. Or Virginia. Virginia. It's Virginia. Okay, yeah. I was looking at the cast and I was like, oh, it looks kind of like her. But then again, they all look like to me. So. Nordic. Yeah, blondish people. Except for Illy. She's dark. Yeah. That's tropey. And then I, I scrolled yeah. a little further and the picture of the actress is the picture of her on fire in a hospital bed. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, it's Virginia. Because it's this one. That's probably Virginia. (laughs) So, uh... That storyline, I I kept wondering, as well steeped as we are in the mythology of the vampire, I just kept wondering. She knows she was bitten. She can feel the wound. She can feel the aversion to Mm -hmm. sunlight. She can feel the craving. 
I just kept wondering how far would it have to go before I accepted that it was straight up magic. I wasn't hallucinating, I wasn't reading into things, I wasn't being gaslit somehow. Because she got there pretty damn quick. She got there in time to not hurt anybody, right. and she made a fucking call about it. She handled that shit. Yep. And I thought, this isn't like a, a zombie movie where everyone knows what's happening and asks their friends to shoot them before the shit goes down. She has to process that and make this incredibly brave decision right. in a matter of 24 hours. And she asked her boyfriend to do it, which is like a little bit fucked up, and I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wasn't very nice to her, so... No, that's why I liked it. Nobody was very nice to anybody in this movie. They're Nordic. That's why. Well, you damn Nords. Is that a thing? Yeah. I don't know. Is it? What? Yeah. What? I thought everyone I, everyone I know has been to any part of, like, Norway, Sweden, Finland, Denmark has been like, oh my god, everyone was the nicest person I ever met. Well, probably if they know you're a tourist, yeah, but they it's like Russia. Like, you don't smile a lot, or like, it's the opposite of the South. I mean... <laughs> That's the place for me. <laughs> Germany was kind of like that. I liked Germany. But it was a very, like, everyone had a thing to do. And it was being very efficient. I don't know. I need out of the South. I need to move wherever people don't make small talk and line at the grocery store. I don't want to talk to you. Let me buy my bagel bites in fucking peace, Susan. Shut up. They don't do that in Atlanta that much. Yes, the they rest. do. Okay. Yeah, they do. Well, at least where I live. Yeah, they do. You got resting nice face. That's what it is. You're approachable. That's a mistake. Not me. I have never once heard that about myself. I hear the opposite. I'm always asked if I'm in a bad mood. I'm like, now I am. <laughs> I think if any of the three of us is approachable in public, it's got to be Mary Kay. Absolutely. Ugh. Because of my low cheekbones. <laughs> Remember Dwight said that? People trust me. It's because of my low cheekbones. <laughs> what episode is that from? Uh, it's towards the end. I don't know. I'm going to rewatch The Office again sometime here soon, I'm sure. Don't you worry. It's on constant repeat at my house. Make sure you've got it on nice and loud so that baby, like, gets indoctrinated early. Yeah. Don't you worry. I made that joke the other day. Everyone always talks about, like, the things that, you know, they hear in the womb is what soothes them after they're born. I'm like, great. Mine's going to be soothed by The Office theme song. Me singing Beyonce and Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be the dopest fucking baby. Fucking yeah. I'm going to make your baby a onesie that says dopest fucking baby. Oh my God, I'm bringing it home from the hospital in it. But I'm going to stitch it, so it's going to be hideous. It's going to be beautiful, and I can't wait. And I hope this isn't a joke. If this is a joke, Mary, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> You've never seen the one thing I ever sewed. It was this like denim little like jumper dress when I was like nine. Oh my God, make my baby one. It was the ugliest thing in the world. But my grandma helped me, and she was very proud of me, and she actually let me wear it in public and stuff, which in hindsight was not great. My baby will wear this in public. I'm serious. Anyway. What is even happening? (laughs) One vampire thing that was referenced obliquely. Reflections. I don't remember that part. I don't remember that part either. It's not in mirrors. I'm saying in the visual storytelling, watch how often you see people in reflection. Ooh. And not mirrors, but like windows. I do remember Ooh. seeing Ellie outside of the hospital window. The first several minutes are, are people through windows, people through glass. That's really cool. So you can see them and their reflection at once, and there's a lot of that. Do you ever see hers? You know, 
as much as I noticed that, I think I just got distracted by how pretty everything was. I didn't really think to track her reflection specifically. Look, that's why I had to watch it twice. Now I'm going to have to watch it a fucking third time. Well, the reflection I noticed the most was when Hakan opened the window for Ellie and then you turned and saw his acid-burned face. I do remember that one. Yeah. That was real intense. That was good. Because you think it's just distortion, you know, in the reflection. Mm-hmm. And then he turns. You know, I thought about that and I was like, what is his deal? Like, whatever his past was, whatever his life was before he met Ellie. But to pour the acid on his face instead of just drinking right. it. So he would definitely die. Instead of just eliminating yourself in the picture, you needed to be not recognized. Right. What was your life till now? Well, I think it's because he wanted Ely to be able to eat him. I thought it was because of the murders happening recently. Like, now that he could be identified as the creep who was draining high school boys. So they would go to his apartment because they'd investigate him, and then they'd find Ely. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. So then, like, how long has this been going on? How messed up was he before he met her? Was he just, like, easy picking? So she was like, all right, well, make sure the police never find out about you. I'll protect you if you do this for me. Does the book speak to this at all? Interesting. I don't remember. There goes somebody peeing again. Pissing everywhere. <laughs> you can't see me, but I put my arms up like a Muppet and was like wiggling my hips. Like, whoa. Rocky <laughs> waving inflatable arm tube man. I look like Kermit having a freak out. <laughs> I want a boomerang of that. I'll see what I can do. Make it happen. I'm committed to a lot of shit right now. I had a question about, um, does Ely age mentally? I don't know. That's the same thing we were talking about earlier because that affects the age you would choose to be. I don't think so. I didn't think so either. I think she's mature for her age, like for 12, but she definitely does not have the mentality of an adult. Of an adult or somebody that's a couple centuries old. She reminded me of some of the kids I've worked with over the years that have just seen too much shit. Right. Yeah. Like a kid that's come from a traumatic background. Yeah, they've experienced stuff they shouldn't have had to experience. They've learned lessons like it's one thing to learn the life lesson that not everyone is trustworthy but like slowly over like 20 25 years it's another thing to learn it so early and just so irreversibly like the worst thing that ever happened to you happened so quickly and so soon there was nothing to be done about it and now you are the worst thing that happens to everybody else yikes yikes that's gonna mess with your head yeah for real yeah so she's got plenty to work with with her future therapist over the past 10 years, she's found some good ones. Do vampire children have therapists? Asking for a friend. <laughs> you like a vampire child could go to a therapist, same as anybody. They just have to go after dark. Did any children that I provided therapy to happen to be a child vampire? What are the telltale signs? Well, do you meet them at night? I did do a couple evening sessions. Oh my God, you guys, what if I provided services to children? vampires did they drink your blood i mean i got pretty scratched up and bitten multiple times during the session during the session maybe they were vampires in the context of other horror movies i didn't like feel scared but that may be because ely is a sympathetic character for me anyway yeah and because there are such unsympathetic characters like that bullying little jacket what was his name? I think that was exactly his name right there. Not Connie. I think it was Connie. 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 He's such a little dickweed that you're kind of rooting for it when he gets his entire social circle shredded. And there's so much monstrous activity. 
Is it monstrous that Oscar, if he had the power, would have shredded everyone to smithereens? Is it monstrous of a con to be a, a straight-up serial killer? These bullying children, are they monstrous? Even the bullying kids, when he calls them the big brother, they're like, dude, that's enough. And he's like, nah, I'll drown a bitch. So who's the real monster in this story? Who's our antagonist? All of them are. All of them suck. It's just who's more able is the most monstrous. Yeah. Like, all of them suck. If all of them were, like, strong men, they would all be the worst. You're right. But because none of them are except for Hakan, and even then only kind of because he's being taken advantage of. Yeah, Connie and his brother. That was his brother, right? I think so. Connie stays such a cartoonishly evil antagonist until the moment that you realize that he realizes, oh, this dude gonna murder somebody. That he done fucked up. Yeah, and that he's gonna be murdered. Well, he shouldn't have been a little shit. Shouldn't have been talking shit, boy. Shouldn't have been talking shit. <laughs> you know where I got that? I do that occasionally. Oh you know where I got that? I don't. Mary Kay. Where? You used to do that. <laughs> Just that way. Shouldn't have been talking shit, boy. Shouldn't have been talking shit. <laughs> it's true. I can audibly <laughs> hear that in ago. my head in her voice right now. Oh my gosh, that's one of our catchphrases. <laughs> Oh, that must have been like a Mary Mary Kay night because I don't remember doing that at all. You did it frequently. AmeriCorps was the drunkest time of my life. Oh my god, I wish I could say that. I lied a little. It's like that year and then the year after that. And then the one after that. And then it just continued from there. No, no, no. I'm much better now. My college best friend and I, uh, Taylor. Hey, Taylor. She's not going to listen to this. She is not a podcast person. Well, she should be. I heard she was a slut. Oh, God, you were right. <laughs> I'm going to do my whole bleacher thing. <laughs> I'm, just kidding, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She's a really accomplished person. I bet she does a really good stride of pride. She does. I've seen it. Uh, but uh, she and I used to buy a bottle of 151. What the hell is that? Bacardi 151. Oh, they don't make it anymore. Wait, is this shot where it's like 60% alcohol or something? It's rum. Like crazy high proof rum. Like, it's the one that they like to light on fire. Yeah, that's what I took a shooter of the night I met BJ Novak. Damn. I had to. Nice. It was my friend's bachelorette party. I had to do it because I was like, I'm not going to go talk to him. And she was like, I'm going to go talk to him for you. Good ass friend. I blew it, oh but God. still, it happened. Well, you know he likes brown women, so. He told me I was beautiful, and then I shit my pants, figuratively. <laughs> I froze up hard, though. Oh, I was going to ask if it was literally or figuratively. It was figuratively, but I did, like, lose my shit. I'm both excited for you and disappointed that it was not literally. Dude, I, I'm disappointed in myself every single day that I blew that moment. <laughs> my life could be so different right now. Fancy little man. Ooh. Yes. 151. Uh, we used to buy a bottle for a night. A night? Uh-huh. And two liters of Diet Coke. I mean, it wasn't every single night, but it was way too frequent that we would go through a bottle in a night. And this is why I want to be 25 forever, because I could do that shit then. Oh, this was 21, 22, you know, and then we go to class in the morning. Oh my gosh, my body was so resilient then. It was nothing to go out and stay out until 3 a.m. and get back into my room and eat ramen until 4. I know, you want to lose 5 pounds, you just stop eating candy bars for a week. BFD. Yeah. And then get up at class at four. I was like, dude, I'm getting to bed at 4.30. Fuck yeah. Class it until nine. That's got this. four hours of sleep right there. I'm fucking straight. Should I do some reading or writing before I go to bed? <laughs> Maybe I'm going to journal a little. <laughs> journal? <laughs> You're going to 
journal? Like you didn't take a diary to the bar. Mary Kay would keep a journal. Of course I did. How else would I remember what I did that night? I don't know. With your brain? Oh, that's never worked for me. Uh, that would have been turned off. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> Speaking of, I can't remember what I did last night slash I journal at the bar. <laughs> Loneliness is a huge theme. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Are you like how I'm picking up all your segues? Megan, I got you. You're trying. They're really good. I am dead weight. Drag me through <laughs> it. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> doing nothing. You're doing great. You're being here. Bringing your charming ass self. That's all we need. <laughs> Coming in with the one-liners. That's true. That's why people approach you at the grocery store and not me. Because I'm funny as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. You're charismatic. Y'all, sometimes when I'm in exercise classes, I lose my total balance and bust out laughing at myself and everybody <laughs> ignores me and that makes it worse. <laughs> if I were there, I would laugh at you if I could breathe. Yeah, thank you. I would also laugh at you. Thank you. I'm also the sweatiest one in every class. Uh, you were not the sweatiest one when I was there. But look, see, we would laugh and sweat with you so you would not be lonely. Speaking of lonely shit. Hey, dragging us back. I remain dead weight. (laughs) (laughs) Who is the loneliest little bitch in this movie? Oof. Uh, Everyone, really. Like, that's why they're so shitty to each other. Everyone's life equally sucks. Everyone's equally sad. Everyone needs to eat ice cream and have a good cry. I guess Ely is the worst, though. But Ely can't eat ice cream. That's the real tragedy here. Yeah, she tried to eat some candy and heaved all over the sidewalk. Like, she can't even drown her sorrows in Ben and Jerry's. Fuck it. She's it's lonely, lonely, but she's kind of but she's also situated. kind of uniquely that situated. So much is like, if she's lonely, so much of that is either by her choice or by... Because her friendship with Oscar proves right? it, right? That friendship with Oscar proves that like, she they're friends. Him. She doesn't Clearly eat him. She is capable hang out. of relationships. Clearly she's at least capable some of relationships with at least... I guess... Whereas, Whereas the actual moment, they had their shot. They were chilling in mainstream society. They were chilling in mainstream society. She at least has a reason to not be at least has a reason all the time. Yeah, I guess. Was that a hot take or something? I know, I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to think if it would be worse to be lonely because it's my own choice to be lonely. Or if it's worse to be lonely and, like, I can't do anything about it. Which is probably that one. But she also doesn't seem like she really wants to be super social. I don't know. They're all fucking lonely. They're all sad. They all suck to each other. Moral of the story. But does she suck to Oscar? I don't know if she... Like, what is the nature of her interaction with Oscar? Are they unkind to each other? I I don't think they are. I think that's one of the few relationships in the movie. Well, no, there is some sense of being genuine there. Exactly. Uh, There's something, something actually sweet in spite of the power dynamics. That's why you sit there glued to the screen. It's not just pretty. Your heart is doing stuff. While you're watching, your heart it's is really uncomfortable having feelings. I don't have feelings. <laughs> Everybody has feelings, even if they don't think other people do. <laughs> I only have feeling towards puppies. Oh my god, hold up, because you are definitely having a baby. Yeah, but I'm not an emotional pregnant. Everyone keeps asking me if I've been like hormonal or over emotional, and I'm like, not really. Oh, I'm going to tell your dope-ass baby that you said you only had feelings for puppies when you were already pregnant Look, with them. my child, my unborn child, I'm sure will be the dopest fucking baby, as <laughs> its onesie will say. But, like, is it ever going to be as cool as Trigger? I don't know. I don't know, man. Those are big toe beans to fill. Your kid is going to play this recording for their therapist. <laughs> <in 10 years. laughs> 
well, look, 10 years, we made it that far. We're doing okay. If it takes them until 10 to get a therapist, we're doing fine. Wait, hold on. How old is Trigger? Is this kid even going to get to know Trigger? Because they might be like, oh, I'll never live up to this adorable <laughs> creature. I never oh, even knew. Trigger's going to live forever. How old is Trigger now? I have no idea. He's seven, and he's going to live forever. Oh, yes. Got a billion years. Yeah, at least. I like to grab my pets very intensely by the face with tears in my eyes. This is obviously after like six or seven drinks. And say, you will never die, you fucking fuck. I do that sober. I did that this morning because my dog, when I go to take a shower and I came back and he like curled up on my pillow and it was really cute and I could have cried. So my dog likes to guard me while I bathe. Not an angel. He's keeping serial killers from getting you psycho yeah, style. Yeah. Yeah. Also, he hates getting baths. So, so I think, yeah, I think well, like, he doesn't want you to be scared. <laughs> yeah. So first he checks on me like, you good? You good? Because I, I, I know how much this sucks. I, I got you. I got you. <laughs> and he just turns around and watches the door like, I am the knight. That's incredible. I love it. We don't deserve dogs. Probably not. They protect us from all sorts of shit like bullying. And oppression. Do we think that bullying will change over time? Yeah, so with all these anti-bullying initiatives, there's definitely a push from older generations to say, like, no, 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 this is just how kids treat each other. And we're... Coddling them. Yeah, yeah, like cushioning kids in a way that isn't realistic. On the other hand, I feel like let's teach children to be better humans sooner. Yes. Yes, we should absolutely do that. Yeah, it's like, you, you don't you gotta do this. And if you feel like you do, then I'm like, let's start unpacking this now, because you're gonna get real fucking tired of unpacking this every fucking time you do it because we all know that's what kids really hate processing yeah <laughs> everybody hates that nothing is harder it's like vomiting it sucks while it's happening but you feel better later my friend sarah said oh my god she's right that's true words sarah you wise ass bitch she's not listening i should just stole her joke you should have mary Kay. That is wise words, you wise-ass bitch. Wise words you got from no bitch. Shouldn't have been talking shit, boy. Shouldn't have been talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I came from Mary Mary Kay night. I feel like the first time I heard you do that was with Jacob, maybe? Probably. <laughs> yeah, Jacob Fox. Well, he shouldn't have been talking shit. He talks so. all this shit. The thing is, like, no, he doesn't. He never talks any shit at all. That's what's funny. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a ridiculous thing to say about him. Are we done talking about this movie? <laughs> oh, probably. Um, I think almost. Let's, let's wrap it up here with... What are your thoughts on the ending? Drunk Mary Kay, pull it together for five minutes. I am together. I was following along. I just didn't have anything to add. She's following along because we're dragging her dead weight ass. <laughs> her beautiful dead weight ass. We're dragging that dead weight Gravitron. Hey, dead weight Gravitron. <laughs> dead weight Gravitron. That's the title of the episode. Dead weight Gravitron. <laughs> we already have the Gravitron, so we might as well. Exactly, so it's like a cool callback. So... How did I feel about the ending? You know, he's got like, he's got her in a little box and he types P-U-S-S, which I had to Google and it means kiss, not puss. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> see, it's a no? Like a little baby kiss. Okay, yeah, well, <laughs> it looked like he just typed puss. Okay, so. Wait, who wanted to kiss? Oscar? He tapped it in Morse code on the little box. Oh, I see. Yeah, but what he tapped out spells P-U-S-S, but it means, like, a tiny kiss. Basically. A little peck, like a little kiss. Smooch. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's sweet. Um, kind of. And also, she's 300 years old, so kind of not. 
Yeah, I was going to say, it's kind of creepy. It's super creepy. I mean, her age isn't the only reason, but yeah, sure. No, no right. There's a lot of reasons it's creepy. Also murder and yeah. that he is not old enough to make his own decisions and that he's running away from home to protect her, but really she's protecting him, but not really. Also, like, where are they going to go? They're 12. Whatever they want. She can steal all the money she wants. Yeah, but they have to live somewhere. So she'll kill someone and they'll live in that apartment. Yes. Oh my god. I feel like it's a matter of time. I've been thinking about this since I watched it. They're always going to be on the lam, though. Like, what kind of life is that? I mean, I guess people do it, but... But she is, isn't she? No matter what she does. Yeah, that's true, but for him, though... I mean, yeah. if she's going down, she might as well drag him down with her. But she's not going down. She's just going to keep doing this for the rest of her life. What's going to happen is they're going to fuck up the very first murder and he's going to get locked up. And that will be the end of that. Yep. And she's going to move on with her life. All that kids need to do is go to lockup to be like, oh, I am ready. Yeah. And then we get a sequel. That unlocked the final tenet of the triad of sociopathy. Yikes. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you said that so well, Mary. That was beautiful. I'm impressed. Even though I'm not surprised, but I'm impressed. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes me feel really special. Kind of sexy, actually. You should feel special. You are special and sexy. It's true about you. Aww. You are both of those oh things. God, you guys, this episode comes out on my birthday. On my birthday, there's going to be a thing out in the universe saying how special and sexy I am. Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. Happy birthday, future Mary. Yay. Technically, it's birthday weekend, which is actually a part of birthday month. Yeah. So we're really yeah. celebrating because I yeah. am a fucking child. I mean, same. Um, also, same. maybe Connor will add in our birthday song. Oh my gosh, I hope he does. Because it's like every single birthday, every single episode has been someone's birthday since that came out. Yes. Connor, I really like it when you just jab it in there for like seven seconds. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she said. That's what she said. That's what she said. Hey. Tell her you're saying Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I really like it when you just jab it in there for about seven seconds. No bitch has ever said that. No, but that's what you just said. You just said it. You know what else you just said? What? Well, you didn't just say it. You're about to say it. What is up next? Oh, all right, all right, all right. Also, if you live in Austin, how weird are those Matthew McConaughey things on the fucking bus? I'm just kidding. You live in Austin. You don't take the fucking bus. It's just me. What? (laughs) What Matthew McConaughey things? The buses. They now have these recordings that are like reminders to not like put your feet up on the seat and whatever the fuck. Okay. But it's, it's Matthew McConaughey that recorded them. That's so... Weird. So there's one at the end where, like, he says something, and I don't want At the end, he's like, be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> and there's one where he does the all right, all right, all right. It took me about 30 seconds to figure out how that tied in, and I was like, oh my gosh, she just, yes, never mind. The all right, got it, yep, check. <laughs> but, like, no white people take the bus in Austin. And as much as I would like to think there are just scores of non-white people listening to this, that might be optimistic. There are. I think there probably are. That's kind of... I feel like that's kind of our thing. Where we are, yeah. If you take a bus in Austin and you, A, listen to this podcast, awesome, you should let us know. Be Mary's friend. Yeah, let us be bus buddies. Unless you're a cute dude, in which case, do her. (laughs) Woohoo! Whoa. Not on the bus, please. Whoa. I mean, not immediately. Like, let's work up to it. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) Do the Muppet dance. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then but make it into the gold bikini dance i want a gold muppet bikini dance that's the winner oh my god i'm ready okay okay i'm sorry finish telling us about what's next we keep interrupting you we're very excited right so it's been everything we dreamed this evening and more thank you so much for listening to our demented ramblings please check out our instagram 
or Twitter or Facebook for more of the same. If you like it, you should subscribe and then rate it, then review it. Yes. And I know this is a lot of homework, but it's fun homework because you get to be judgmental on the internet. <laughs> and this is college. It's supposed to be hard. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. This is like AP podcast. <laughs> AP podcast. <laughs> You're in college. Yeah. Your parents paid for me to challenge you, damn it. <laughs> Sit down and shut up. <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway. I did it again. I don't know how you do it. What's next? Tell your friends if they also enjoy Demented Rambling. Who don't? To do all of those things too. Who don't? Who among us? Who don't? Why wouldn't you? By three beautiful, smart, intelligent women, but I may be biased. Do you think that maybe by us opening every episode with the hilarious podcast, <laughs> we are undercutting the possibility that we are hilarious? No. no. Like maybe if we have to say it, then it's not true. No, absolutely not. If Beyonce looks in a mirror and says, hey, girl, you're beautiful, does that mean Beyonce is not beautiful? No. Exactly. Did you just compare our yep. joking on a podcast to Beyonce's face? To Beyonce yes. Yes. looking in a mirror. How is that not the same? <laughs> so rate us on iTunes. Review us <laughs> on iTunes. Tell everyone else that this is the equivalent of Beyonce looking in the mirror. Tell your friends to listen. Better yet, track them in your home or do car it, do and it, force it, them to it. listen. That's what I like to do. I also like to do that. Yeah, yeah. And then you're just like, just listen to this. It's only an hour and a half of your fucking life. <laughs> ha ha ha. <laughs> Ride that broom to hell, bitch. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck Mary. It. Fuck it. Mary. Mary. Ma'am. What's next? <laughs> As I said, next up, while you were interrupting me, next up. I'm sorry. Goddamn. <laughs> uh, next up, we are talking about the Netflix original Haunting of Hill House. Yay! And I actually haven't watched it yet. Once we decided we were doing it for the podcast, I was like, ooh, I will wait. Oh my gosh. Yeah! Watch for all the hidden ghosts in the background while you're also trying to watch and absorb all the other shit you need to impact in this series. Look for the hidden I spy ghosts that are everywhere. I didn't see a single one. Cool. Well, uh, it's on Netflix, so everyone can get it on the fun. Because everyone's still got their, like, cousins, aunties, exes, login. So everyone's on Netflix. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, so watch along. And then, like like I said, I haven't seen it. So hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Insta. Hit us up on Twitter. But please, like, try not to spoil it. But also, if you do, it's been out for, like, a while. And that's kind of my fault. She deserves it. So, up next, Haunting of Hill House. Thank you so much for listening to our episode about Let the Right One In. I hope that you loved how much of this hour of your life had nothing to do with the movie. Look, <laughs> it did. 75% derailment, 25% chugging along. As always. Oh, that's us. We like to be consistent. If nothing else, we are consistent and beautiful and hilarious. We will make the same joke until you make <laughs> us stop. Anyway, bye. Hello, bye. Ta-ta. Till then, darlings. Bye-bye. <laughs>